This is GamesAtWork.biz, your weekly podcast about gaming, technology, and play. Your hosts are Michael Martin, Andy Piper, and Michael Rowe. The thoughts and opinions on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests alone and are not the opinions of any organization which they have been, are, or may be affiliated with. This is episode 391, Fail Whale. This is Michael Martin, one of your co-hosts on GamesAtWork.biz, your weekly place and space for all things tech, games, gamification, metaverse, uh, AI, AR, EI, EIO. Um, <laughs> very delighted to be here today with my friend, co-host, co-founder, Mr. Michael Rowe. How are you today, sir? I am well. I am well. Uh, we're missing our third co-host today, who is off uh, having a relaxing weekend, I hope, uh, and uh, hopefully uh, enjoying himself. I, he sent some pictures right before we started recording, and it looks gorgeous. So Ooh, I will have to uh, take ex- a look at those. Excited uh, to have a, have a rocking good show today, uh, even though we're down one co-host. So Yeah, missing you, Andy. Uh, I do have to say, though, Michael, I do appreciate your shirt today. It's quite nice. Yes, it, I wore it on purpose, actually. <laughs> For all the people watching our audio-only podcast, this is the 200th anniversary shirt for our prior podcast, which was kind of the practice run of this one. Uh, yeah. We, we did 200 episodes of that one, uh, Dog Ear Nation, where we talked about tags that we discovered on the web for, for anything that anybody else tagged. So, uh Basically, it was a fun tech podcast and kind of focused along many of the same themes as we do now. Yeah. And it has on the so, sleeve there, it says 200th episode two, as I recall, right? It, it, it says co-host episode 200. A co-host episode 200. Okay. So matter of fact, uh, hanging in the closet. So, so, so we're at episode, if you add those two together, we're at episode 591. That's pretty insane. Amazing. Think? Yeah. Amazing. You know what else is amazing? The metaverse. The metaverse. <laughs> so, so I, I I happen to be trolling around a little bit yesterday in, in the U.S. Patent Office's search environment. Uh-huh. And you know, Michael, you you and I have one or two few patents in the metaverse space. Yes, and what's kind of funny is one of them actually did, in fact, in 2009, when we submitted it, mentioned the metaverse, among other things. Yes, it did. And, and I just happened to come across that. It's like, ah, there we go. Yet again, back in my day, hmm. we had a metaverse. That's and right. um, and I think article, we actually used the term metaverse in that. We did. That's that the was my actual point. term metaverse. It is not it is the actually meta verse. <laughs> no, and not the meta worse either. Yes. Um, so, so this article from Benedict Evans is um, is a fun one, and I love how it begins with the Dilbert uh, oh, yes. example of uh, the boss, the pointy haired boss, uh, saying, "I think we should build a metaverse." <laughs> and well, Dilbert doing yeah. what Dilbert does, you know, tries to trip up the pointy haired boss by asking about what, what color, color it should be. <laughs> it should be. Yes, I, I I really enjoyed this, and I mean the the meat of the article is really talking about you know uh, building your metaverse strategy, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and it's funny because I I've been in strategy multiple times, um, and uh, the 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 funniest part is there's a section of the article where he talks about 
mobile strategy. If you remember mobile first and the mobile oh, strategies. I do. Very uh, well. And I remember being in strategy during that time with people saying, hey, we need a mobile strategy. And, and a social strategy, as I recall, a, as well. Yeah. And the, the, the challenge was we, we had two schools of thought. And, and the article hits them perfectly. There were the people that were, well, mobile is just another screen. And we just need to say, how do we put our thing on that screen? So therefore, all our technology is exactly the same because it's just a screen. And we already do websites. And it just needs to be a website on that screen. Mm-hmm. And then, so, 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 so to me, that's the, well, everything is, can, can be expressed in horsepowers strategy, right? <laughs> I ride a horse and my car has six horsepower, right? Uh, and then the other half was the people that were like, you know, the third half <clears throat> <laughs> the, the, were the people who were sitting there going, you know, uh, yeah, we, we want to create apps for mobile. So, so there is something different here. But we actually don't want to address anything unique about mobile, so we're going to use a, another abstraction layer to write our code so that regardless of what mobile platform you're on, the app will render the same. So those are what I call the non-nativists, right, mm-hmm. who, who say, yes, we're going to be in that space, so we'll mobile wash our, our stuff, but we're we're actually going to write Java code <laughs> and it's just Java in a wrapper. And, and you see that today with people uh, like Slack and others who use wrappers so that they can deploy their apps to multiple platforms. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you see that in lots of different things. And what I like to think about when I look at new platforms is kind of more holistic view, which is what can I bring? That's the same and what do I need to do that's unique? And how can I leverage the unique part to make the platform more valuable to my customers or my users or my employees? So in that example, you write native mobile apps that might have a traditional backend, right? Sure. That's one or way of addressing services. the mobile, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and in the metaverse, it really becomes to what is your definition of the metaverse? And that's the really interesting thing about this article, talking about, you know, does it require AR? Does it require VR? Does it require NFTs, et cetera? And it, it takes me down to the path one last time of, I don't, th- I don't think 90% of the people who talk about metaverse have a definition of what they're talking about. They're just being 100% buzzword compatible. Right. So, so what, sorry, I, I ranted a little bit. What did you think mm. of this article? Well, I, I saw many of the things that you're describing too, and I, and I tend to agree with them. Uh, I love the term mobile wash too. And yeah. as you were going through your outline there, uh, I, I was thinking my way through the, the mobile, the social, and I think it was cloud at the time. Oh, yeah. Right? Everything was going to be cloud you know, now, right? Have to, and have and to, remember, have cloud to. is just somebody else's computer. Yep, exactly. So, <laughs> so, and I think about the transformation effort that happened or, or, or didn't. Or, uh, to get to, or to get to those spaces. So you, you could argue that cloud is the one that by and large eclipsed the others, although many things did get mobile washed and we refined our experience set to accept 
what that was going to look like. And nowadays people spend a whole lot more time on their mobile device, their phone than they might on um, a, a computer, a laptop, uh, laptop formatted computer. We'll just put it that yes, way. Let's right? put it that versus, way. Yes. Versus others. So, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and I, and I thought that this article did some of the usual things that we've covered in our prior Oh, almost 500 episodes worth of stuff. Almost 600 um, episodes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, dealing with um, the concept of hyper-reality and... <laughs> Gosh, you know, so many things to say. Uh, so, uh, one really great example is is that defining the metaverse on a two-dimensional platform is inherently very difficult to do. And we all suffer from that. I, I mean, luckily, Andy, Ian, many others, yourself included, you know, have plenty of access to devices and hardware that can get you into a metaverse style space but not everybody has that so the concept of the metaverse is not always something that people can reasonably comprehend if they haven't been exposed to it so uh, i love that thought here because that's such an important element and the barrier to entry remains significant sure you can get on a website and you can approximate a 3d experience uh in you know moving around in three dimensions and that's a lovely thing right and, and that was let's face it that was second life and that was second life exactly right. so so to, to me it is the data streams that are in context with the world around you presented and served up in a way that's meaningful to allow you to make better decisions or to enjoy something or call your attention to something in near real time so and that so yes. so does that mean because you said something really unique there and i i want to call it out because i i agree but i wanted to poke a little yeah, bit yeah. and get go, more go for it yeah yeah the the data streams aspect what i heard mm. was a digital twin the metaverse is a digital twin that is beyond just a 3d representation on a website so does that mean it's a digital twin where i'm in an ar environment that i can walk into the twin no i wouldn't call it a digital twin as as much as it okay. is an augmented environment so uh if we go a little lord of the rings on you for a moment and talk about putting the ring on the unseen world yes and the ability to now it's a different dimension you're going deeper so is it the fourth or fifth or sixth dimension you you pick right it's a dimension of sight and sound yes (laughs) you control the horizontal and and the vertical vertical. so 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 the way i'm thinking about it is that there is data and information that is not necessarily a twin it is there but it is not visible, smellable, touchable necessarily using our current set of input devices like ears or eyes or what have you, the, right? I, I like that thought, uh, and and I I have to transgress, not tr- no digress. Trans- <laughs> transgress? No, no, no that's not, not right either. No, it is a it is a digress. But um, the Smithsonian Magazine. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm reading the current one issue, and there's a whole section on the neuro neurological aspects of smell. It's a really good article. So, uh, mm-hmm. and and how you know we've gotten sight pretty well 
conceptualized and understood from a scientific perspective. Uh, we've gotten touch done that way. Um, you know, taste pretty close, but smell is so complex and we're so much further away from that. And given the number of people who have experienced problems with smell since COVID right, and the yeah. long-term effects of that, and they say, you know, after six months of not having the ability to smell a certain thing, you kind of lose that ability, period. Yikes. Um, and so there's a, a rebirth or a, a uh, refocus on trying to understand smell. And so I'm wondering how we can take that and bring it in to this metaverse long term in a way that's actually meaningful, because, you know, there are genetic markers that, you know, handle the smell of asparagus after you've consumed them. Right. Some people do. Some people don't. And that's hard that's, to explain so far. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and uh, it, it makes me think, too, about the notion of uh, artificial intelligence, which we've applied to AI and computer vision, and we've applied it to a number of other things. You know, isn't smell, could, could that be the next frontier, perhaps? Perhaps it is, right? Maybe, maybe. And, and hopefully it's going to be done in a way that isn't uh, Dune-esque in the contraption you need to wear in order to experience the smell. You should have a spike up your nose oh. and a contact in your eye. Uh, well, speaking of the, the next dimension, um, yeah. I had seen this article this week on, and, and I think we've talked about things like this one in the past, um, someone trying to build a, a VR death simulation. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> this is one of those ones, you know, it's the great unknown. Right. It really is. And so how do you simulate something you don't know? <laughs> Not well. <laughs> Not well. And that's really the purpose of the article. <laughs> it's only a model. That's why. <laughs> it, it, exactly. But it, it, it does found interesting uh, how we can approximate things. And so uh, have you ever done a sensory deprivation chamber? I, I've, I've thought about it. Um, and there's a business uh, locally in Carborough that I know I've those. been to it. Oh, I've, have you I've done it. I've done it. Uh, and there's a sense of floating. It, it, Did you it have is music playing. Did you have yes. music playing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, you didn't go like whole hog of like no sound, no, no. light. No, no. Cause I don't want to hear floating that in the ether. I don't want to hear Hearing the sound of your the, own. My, my brain pumping. doesn't shut off. My brain does not shut off <laughs> at all, <laughs> ever. Um, so, but uh, yeah, really, really cool. So I can imagine, could you take that and add it to this? Um, except, you know, you wouldn't want to get the headset wet. <laughs> well, if you set it up, you know, a little bit like a diving headset, you could, right? <laughs> I mean, why not? Anyway. Really, really interesting article. It kind of fits with the theme of our show. Um, can't really describe much more than, boy, this is really hard, especially since well, there's no consensus to a lot of it. Yeah, it, it, it is. And um, it is it is going to be whoever's designing the model yep. is doing so. And, and now it also depends on what you're talking about here. If this is a hospice kind of thing to help people prepare. Which is good. kind of, you know, uh, graciously know hopefully days before you pass away that you're going to and that you have the time to gently release 
yourself from the body that you're in. Things like this could be really, really helpful, right? Yes. So I could see great use for those sort of things. Now for others, shoot, I mean, there are people that love horror movies, not me, not one of those people, but I can imagine that there's some that would love a horror immersive kind of experience that would build upon something like this and just scare well, the, yeah, and whatever. That was the movie Altered States. Oh, well, see, I never saw that movie, and you know now why. Yes, so because basically it's a guy, he's doing shrooms, and he does a sentry deprivation chamber. Uh, and he basically, Ooh. with the combination of the two, reverts back to a prehistoric type experience of himself. Yikes. Yes. Yikes. Well, and now, l- l- uh, oh, sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> Oh, okay. that's only fine. 40 you can spoil it for 40 years me. ago. Don't 40 years care ago. <laughs> not watching it anyway. Uh, let's let's switch from the morbid to the more uh, curiosity here with yes. um, some more artificial intelligence related stuff. And from my modern Met, uh, yes. we have an interesting article here about someone who's taking some of the uh, Dolly kind of experiences to create a fake girlfriend to placate his parents and make sure that they know that he has a girlfriend and that he's happy. And uh, the, the way to create a fake girlfriend out of a picture using AI, it was super intriguing. I mean, it's oh. like, okay, let's create but, a fake person. Okay, let's modify that person. Okay, this what, looks good enough. The light is what, right. What, Bang, done. What I, what I found interesting about this, um, you know, uh, I, I guess he kind of blew the placate your parents because he did post a YouTube video on it. <laughs> well, that's assuming that his parents are going to read that stuff. If he's just yeah. texting him a picture off his phone, he's good. No, this uh, this was really, really cool. And and what it really shows is, you know, we don't have general AI, right? We, we do not have, let me, let me state it again for those people who are confused that AI is taking over the world. We do not have general AI. Yet. Uh, Yet. What we do have, though, is the ability to develop pipelines of different AIs strung together to create something very powerful. And that's what this guy actually is. He's doing it a bit manually, right? Uh, But he's showing you the type of pipeline that you can use to generate uh, an image. And I can see this exact same pipeline being used to improve uh, video, right? We've got AI videos that will create clips for you now. Uh, what, what was fascinating to me is how easy it is becoming, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, I've not played with Dali. I've, 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 I've requested an account. And I think I got one, but I never used it. I've been playing a different one. Uh, but the ability to use... I'll call it the the healing brush. Back yeah. in Photoshop version, gosh, 2010, they had the spot healing brush, right? And you could yeah, you could take you could something and kind of in or and it would it would windows or whatever. It basically used a regression of the the pixels around each pixel to try to create those things that should be cleaned up, right? So yeah. depending on the size of your brush, you could like put clouds over power lines. And it was really good for natural things, not very good for man-made, because man-made things tend to have straight lines and patterns and harsh patterns, right? Yeah. Very, you know, dist- uh, while natural things tend to have fractals 
or some kind of pattern that is a little softer. Almost what, an organic kind of nature. What, what, you know, maybe could be rock. <laughs> uh, but what this is showing is how through the use of AI and the training of these models, they've gotten so much better at approving the spot healing of the man-made. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing that I really like, one of the examples where he was saying, okay, take the picture that we've got nicely cropped. Now, why don't you extend it. the right-hand yeah. side? Now, mm -hmm. Not stretch it, extend it. And then it took and took a monorail and curved it behind him. Mm -hmm. So this is a very much a man-made thing with harsh curves. Uh, now, the example that he has in the article doesn't have that. It's just a bridge, a, a high-rise bridge or top of a building going off into the distance. Uh, but yeah, this this is getting very, very powerful. And learning to spot the telltale signs is going to get harder and harder and harder. And I am going to have to try the GFPGAN tool uh, that fixed problems with faces. Because yeah. when we did the test of uh, the gamesatwork.biz logo, oh, yeah. three guys yeah. three guys talking technology in front of microns, microphones, two with beards and one with blonde hair. That was the, the, the thing that I tried to use. And we got some creepy, freaky looking things. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to meet them in a dark alley. No, I sure. wouldn't want to meet them, period. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, to anyway, fix highly recommended this article. Hair, everything. Yeah, watch, watch the, the video. video. That's that's really what you need to do because that'll be cool. Yeah. All right, so moving along, but slowly. Yes, uh, very. We have had something that was actually in our hip pocket for a while, and we didn't bring it forward, but we have today, and that is slow roads. Yes. Um, I think it was Andy, wasn't it? Andy who found I think this. Andy originally? found it. Um, I yeah. spent a long time playing with it. Do you? I think you're still playing with it. Oh yeah. Exactly. In fact, I'm playing with it right now. I, I am slowly driving down a very slow road at uh, a whopping uh, nine miles an hour. So I like doing it on the moon. Do you? Yeah. I'm enjoying just on a know, scraping along on you know the <laughs> on the road and letting the road guide me. I'm not even driving. It's just like doing its thing. So very cool. I, it's it is it is fun to be able to experience the. Um, the simplicity, if you will, of just an endless road, and instead of it being a side scroller, it is a it's a two dimensional representation of a three dimensional experience where you're just driving. Yeah, and some nice sounds. I I, I did enjoy this, um, and I, I like the graphics, so I would crank everything up to maximum, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and just just let it run. But I did try to drive it, and um, not having you know trying to do the WS W A S D controls. Um, I was not very effective once it got up over certain speeds. <laughs> and I like oh, yeah. snowy roads at night, so you can turn on at night with snow. Very cool. Yeah, love this stuff. So uh, give it a shot. It's relaxing. It's fun. Yes. All right. Now, if you wanted to move on your own and not uh, drive a virtual car, uh, you could do so with these pair of skates that um, I came across and I was like, oh my gosh, these are absolutely incredible. So they're from a company called Shift Robotics. Um, interestingly enough, uh, there's a, there's another theme for you using AI uh, all the way through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we need to put AI as big in whale when we have our show title here, fail 
whale or, anyway ai mm-hmm. uh so um the, the these are being billed as the world's fastest shoes with the concept of they're like skates that you strap on over the shoes that you normally wear and you walk you walk like you normally walk and they balance they adapt to your gait and they allow you to move at more than twice your normal walking speed by just having them on now they could be yours too for the low low price of what was it a thousand eleven hundred fifteen hundred yeah, something around there. Yeah, eleven to thirteen hundred with uh, delivery not expected, <laughs> according to the article, until April uh, of <laughs> next year. Um, but uh, I, I, this video was just fabulous about how people were looking at just how do you walk normally walk, and how might you improve on that and do so safely. So, yeah, very cool. I I thought it was really really cool. Um, I. What I didn't get the first kind of quick glance through was how they were walking stairs, but they do have that. They used, you know, some good uh, user experience designers and they created an approach to allow it to lock so you could Mm -hmm. walk upstairs and unlock just uh, with a, I wouldn't say with a natural move, but with a move that uh, you would definitely think. Um, The worry that I had is you get used to it. You get really used to it and you forget those moves at the bottom and the top of the stairs and you go flying. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, that was I was reminded of um, how do you slow things down like with uh, rollerblades, right? Yes. So that was a little bit about that user experience. Uh, but I also had this thought of wait, it wouldn't be cool if you just clicked your heels and you could be transported <laughs> or yes. I don't know, something, right? Like I'm sure they thought about all kinds of fun stuff. So thousand bucks is a lot for a pair of shoes well if they if thought about up, fun stuff if they thought yeah. about fun stuff they probably did it on a computer and maybe they forgot that they thought about it and so oh, yeah. they could use rewind.ai's new tool uh to find anything that they've ever thought about while they were on their computer uh i you know i've already asked to be part of the beta on this because i was excited about it and and i know you're about to tell me something probably from a podcast around security or others that would give me cause for pause uh however from what i've learned so far anything that's on the screen so if you're in a meeting and someone flashes up a uh, uh, a, a spreadsheet, uh, it will keep track of things and it will know who was in that meeting with you and it'll know your email and it'll know whatever you know came across your screen and you can search for it then later, which to yeah. me is very data soupy, you mm-hmm. know, very much the sort of, hey, I knew I did something last Thursday about something. And if I did a couple of those somethings, I could find it again. And at least the way it's advertised, because it is all contained on your device and does uh, not embrace the cloud, uh, you're secure. But that uh, seems to be a fallacy <laughs> now, doesn't it? So there's two things. So so my gut reaction on this was always, oh, this is cool, right? Yep. This is the uh, we talked about before the show. Uh, there used to be a uh, a tool that was done uh, years and years ago that did a really good job of indexing your personal machine to find kind of anything in any category. Blah blah blah. Um, yeah. And so, two things to consider: one, it's a venture funded company. Yep. And they're saying there's always going to be a free edition. And we all know so, what happens when something is free. Exactly. Second, if you actually read the fine print, 
in order for it to do the transcription service. It sends that to the cloud. Uh Uh-huh. Now, you might say, well, that's okay. But when are you using You're using this at work. And you're trying to go to what that meeting that I was in with Michael and we were talking about that patent idea. Right? So those two things, immediate red flags. Third, let's say it's absolutely true. Everything is always on your machine and safe and stored. Right. And secure. And somebody gets your machine. Okay. Yep. That could happen too. And now... Because the tool allows you to search for anything that ever happened, uh, your your impact there is it's not. It opens up huge potential security holes there. Because yes, they could just root through your machine, but this is actually capturing stuff that's transitory, and putting it in an extremely compressed format. But you can just ask it the question. Remember that patent we talked about recently? Show me every time I said patent. Oh, yeah. So uh, the, the the unfortunate thing is this is going to happen. If it's a venture back company or whatever, this oh, yeah. type of tool is going to happen. Well, right? this is, this is and life the logging is, on a machine, right? It's exactly, life logging. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the question is, who's going to do it? How is it going to be done in such a way that's safe and secure and private? So is this something that you want a venture-backed company that's going to have to make money and meet certain targeted financial metrics in the near future because of the venture fund wanting their money back out? Or is this something that would be better by a platform company that has different incentives, right? So... I get it. I get the tool. The tool sounds great. As a technologist and as a geek, I love it. As a human being, I don't ever want this ever deployed, ever. I want the knowledge of it to go away. Uh, because anything. Um, uh, imagine you were uh, you had this for work. Let's say it's an enterprise tool that does this. Okay? And you spent 30 seconds responding to an iMessage that popped up on your machine... From a headhunter. Oh, or you answered your phone. Exactly. Do you right. really and want the this? the microphone was on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's it back it's it's security and privacy. You know, exactly. many things are security and privacy in the end, and and most people are like, you know, I have not nothing to hide. It's like, yeah, well, I, you have nothing to hide when you're able to have the security and privacy yes. that you should be entitled to as a human. Or, being. And, and, and you should not be. This this thing is going to happen, and as soon as it exists, there will be government impact because they will require in the interest of national security that they have access to something not saying which government no no but you 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 went and took a dark turn here this oh, is yeah. now turning into a, a horror movie that i didn't want to be in <laughs> i know <laughs> I, the, I i like that again i love it as a technology <laughs> it should never have redeployed right it's like the atomic bomb <laughs> So, so you're basically saying you wish it would fail Quick, right away, right away, right now. Matter of fact, not, show up in this later, museum now. In yes. this museum, right now. <laughs> Which museum is that? That's the Museum of Failure. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Which is which is hilarious. 
Coke too. Oh, they've got the DeLorean on it. Are you kidding yeah. me? No. They had Google Glass on it. Come on. It didn't yeah. fail. It it pivoted <laughs> to the Enterprise. Oh, it has a Lestra on it. <laughs> <laughs> was that the one with the leakage? <laughs> that was that was a pivot right there, yeah. <clears throat> so so um I, I I'm kind of intrigued by the Museum of Failure. We've had examples like this before yeah. on the show. Yeah, there have been yeah. a few, right? So uh, this is uh, where the fail whale of all big fail whales might show up at some point, right? Yep, yep. Well, um, I know we're just about out of time, but we do have one other story we have to get to. Uh, everybody in the land of tech and social has been talking about uh, last week's um, completion uh, acquisition of Twitter by Elon Musk and the mass... Uh, migration. I won't say exodus yet because many people are moving over to Mastodon, uh, which is a, it's actually a pretty old tool. I think it came out in like 2013 or 2014. Yeah. Uh, and it is a distributed social network platform where you set up your own servers uh, yeah. to allow in the for. Fediverse. Well, well, there's the Fediverse, which is one group of them. Yeah. Not everything has to be in the Fediverse. Right. Yep. You That's can create true. your That's own true. Mastodon server. Um, and uh, last starting like the day before and the day of the acquisition, the number of people downloading the Mastodon app has exploded. Uh, and, uh, you know, to make sure that we weren't left out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you can now follow us, uh, our games at work dot biz feed, which is at games at work underscore biz at bots in dot space a mastodon instance uh where we are um hosting our feed over there so uh come check us out matter of fact if you want to follow us or interact with us in any way you can always go to our website at games at work dot biz or uh catch us on facebook catch us uh on your favorite podcast streaming platform whether that's apple music google music spotify amazon you name it we're there come check us out drop us a comment or a tweet or a toot um, if you're on mastodon uh or uh you know give us a rating over at apple apple music we would love to hear from you absolutely well until next time we'll help you enjoy all of the uh fun things we talked about here and give us a few more to talk about for our next episode and we'll do that right here on games at work dot is is see ya see ya you've been listening to games at work dot biz the podcast about gaming technology and play we are part of the blueberry podcasting network and would like to thank the band random encounters for their song big blue you can follow us on twitter at games at work underscore biz or at our website at games at work dot bits.